Laura Jack once said, when we shift away from fixing, advice giving, pitying and judging, and instead begin validating the experience, we can stop carrying other people's hurt. Hello, my name is David Kane. Welcome to episode three, Helping a Friend Grieve. The comments Laura Jack made will help us understand the best way to behave when we are witnessing our friends in deep grief. So what I recommend is if you're in deep grief that you build a small witness team, a team that can grow as you follow your healthy grief recovery journey. Now this team could be a team of one or a few friends and family members and try to choose the team wisely. People that are okay witnessing you and they're not going to take on a project of trying to fix you. And we'll learn lots more about what the witness's role will be as we go through the, this episode and other episodes. And if you've been asked to be a witness to somebody grieving, this episode is great to help you get prepared for what to do and what not to do. Have you ever found yourself crossing the street ahead of having to face somebody who's grieving just so you don't have to talk to them? I know I have. Because sometimes we feel like we don't know what to say and we may offend them or hurt them or make them feel worse. But there's a little trick here that you can't make a griever feel much worse than they already feel. So take the risk and, and communicate with them. My experience last year was I recruited a team, family and friends, to witness my journey. And I also included uh, about 80 basketball players who I pl play basketball with in a pickup fashion. And all these people were my support. So I wasn't grieving alone and none of them tried to fix me. They just witnessed what I was going through. Now, if you're going to recruit a friend or friends, make sure they're aware of the following things. That it's difficult to witness another person's grief journey without triggering their own grief feelings. So the witness can't do this in vacuum. Their, their emotions will come to light. And make sure they know that the sea of acceptance has enough focused content to prepare the witness to take on walking with you on your journey. And that you, the griever, will try to be as clear as you can, when you can, on what you need so that the witness doesn't have to be a mind reader. And the witness will be learning and growing as they walk with the griever. So they're not expected to know everything coming in. Now let's take a moment now and recap the groundwork around grieving. We all grieve differently. We're stuck, not broken. We don't need to be fixed. We need to be witnessed. The only way out of this pain is through this pain. And we have to feel it to heal it. This could be a long and messy journey. There's no easy button, no fast forward button. Grief has a long shelf life with no expiry date. As we learned in episode one, how a person chooses to grieve will deeply affect the rest of their lives. We're taught by David Kennedy that oftentimes when you first experience a significant loss, you find yourself in a deep, dark hole. 
with pain and suffering. And all your friends are looking down. They don't know what to do. So they reach down and try to bring you back up to the happy veneer surface so that you don't feel the pain because they don't want to witness your pain. And again, David Kennedy taught this to me. Remember that tears are better out than in. Remember, they may need to repeat their story many, many times. Now, Michelle Marisol gives good advice. Try not to hide it or hide behind your grief. Healthy grieving is heart-based living for better health. Remember that our grief triggers are a map of our pain, but more importantly, a map of our recovery. And you're going to learn about the healthy grief recovery steering wheel in later episodes. And remember what Faisal Kazi said, no matter how bad your heart is hurting, the world does not stop for your grief. So the world keeps going. And uh, it's difficult when you're grieving to watch the world. And don't they know how you feel? Don't they know you've lost your loved one? How can they do this? So just be aware they have those feelings. Now, Alexandra Slitchovic once said, the grief of losing somebody is strong enough to swallow us whole, spitting out a mechanical version of ourselves who simply survive through each day. And we took our grief into the corners of our heart and hope that is where it would stay, but it never does. So remember that the griever may be putting a mask on on occasion just to survive. Now, if you become a witness and you find it's too much for you, and you'll know that if you're crying and shutting down more often than the grieving person you're supposed to be supporting, then you may have to back away for a bit or take a lesser uh, frontline role. So here's some things not to say to a grieving person. Now, the Grief Recovery Institute did a survey and they gathered 141 comments that grievers had heard and only 19 of them were helpful. So let's start by not saying anything that the myths support and make sure your actions do not reflect the myths. And remember, the myths are don't feel bad, replace the loss, grieve alone, just takes time, be strong, or just stay busy. So if any of your thoughts and actions are around those, you may have to check them at the door and learn the reverse of these, as we talked about in the second episode. Try to always avoid at least sayings, like at least they're not in pain anymore, because the griever might say in their mind, they may not be, but I sure am. Or at least they're in heaven. And I think you always want to avoid spiritual comments, because a grieving person may be in conflict with their their original belief system because of this tremendous loss. So try not to tread on that one. Everything happens for a reason. That's not soothing for the person. Try to never say, I know how you feel, because you can't. I've been doing grief recovery work now, 
And I've met many, many grievers, and I never know how they feel, and I never say that. At best I could say, I know how you feel when I had a similar loss. Try not to ever compare losses. Just don't compare them because they're all different. And try not to make it about yourself. You have to step outside yourself because you're witnessing. The Grief Recovery Institute talks about having a heart and two ears and no mouth. And it's a skill to learn. It's push the mute button on your body when the person's speaking. And when they're done, you don't try to fix them. You just thank them for sharing. Never say suck it up and pick yourself up by your bootstraps. because That doesn't help. Never say it's time to move on. You should be over this by now because they're hearing that out in the community and it's not helping them because they're not over it now. You'll be fine over time. You'll find that the better answer is, are you okay if you and I explore tools to use as time passes? Or say something like, you know, their suffering's over now. They're in a better place. They're with God now. Or if it's a pet, just saying, oh, it's just a dog. Get over it. Or God will never give you more than you can handle. These are things that don't help people. You shouldn't feel guilty. If you tell someone how you should feel, they're going to shut you out pretty quick because they feel what they feel. Or you tell the griever, you know, you should feel grateful for the years you had with them or your other children, or you still have another parent. Or, you know, they led a good life. So all these things try to avoid. Because none of them are helpful. There, a lot of those are the 141 comments that the Grief Institute reviewed. So let's try to get into some of the healthy things now. So if you can't say what I said above, what can you say? I'm here for you if you want to talk or don't want to talk. Or say I'm sorry and just see where that leads. Well, I may not know how you feel, but I'm here for you. Is it okay if I ask you where your grief journey is taking you at this moment? Or is it okay if I ask you what happened? The griever will tell you. Is it okay if I say their name? The witness can say things like, I'm here for you and feel free to say anything you wish. I'm learning how to be a friend to somebody in grief. And I want to grow this as I sit with you. Learn together. Let's work together to where we're comfortable with building a space where you can have emotional freedom and emotional honesty. I have a big heart and two ears and believe that and act that way. I can't imagine what it's like and I wish it didn't happen. Don't talk about doing things, just do them. Um, I've witnessed people saying they would do something when I'm grieving and they never get around to it. And that just adds a bit of pain on an already painful journey.
So a little more about the witness's role. Be tuned in with where they are in their grief journey. And again, if you watch all these episodes, you'll understand some of the elements that may present themselves. And you have to realize that people will take a couple of steps forward and maybe five steps backwards some days. It's not linear. And they may be healing from things they thought they already healed from. And you have to be okay with that. Now, the biggest thing as a witness is to have compassion, not sympathy or empathy. You have to have this compassion and you have to find a way when they release their pain and suffering and sadness that you witness it and you do not absorb it. Because the goal here is to reduce the amount of sadness in the world. So if I'm grieving and you're witnessing and I release all my sadness and you take it all on, the world still has the same amount of sadness. We just transferred it from one person to the other. So celebrate that you witnessed a griever release some pain and suffering and you watched it disappear into the universe. And at that moment, the universe is a little less sad. And if you find yourself taking on their sadness, back away. Do some self-healing. Try to listen deeply and validate what they're saying. Put judgment aside, which will reduce the need to fix them. And thank them for sharing. In the odd time, you can say things like, may I share a relevant personal experience? And remember, advice giving falls under fixing. And offer it only if asked. Again, use these episodes to better prepare yourself to witness her journey. Don't be afraid to ask a griever what you can do for them right here, right now. So I hope this gives you a foundation for you to walk beside a grieving person. Again, there's no way you're ever going to do this without triggering thoughts within your own self. So feel free to heal along your journey, witnessing their journey. Now, there's an amazing video, and it's only a couple minutes long. It's by Megan Devine, and it's called, How Do I Help a Grieving Friend? And I strongly recommend you go onto YouTube, find that video, and watch it. It's a most amazing video to explain some of the things I explained in this episode. And thank you for witnessing this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.